Welcome and thanks so much for tuning in today. Here's the thing, you guys. This is what you need to know about more Jody. I'm the girl who says what everyone is thinking, unapologetically myself, all the time. The goal of this podcast is to help you go unfiltered. We use so many covers to hide our true selves, and it's time to stop living your life according to what the ideal police think you should be doing and step into who you were created to be. More vulnerable, more authentic, and more free. Hey everyone, I'm excited to welcome Robin Hootmer on the podcast today. One of my favorite things is when I see people navigate hard things with honesty and a sense of humor. Robin does this so well. She's as real as they come. She's a physiotherapist by trade, an RCMP wife. She's a mother of three children that she gave birth to and two that she literally searched the planet to find. I trust this episode will make you see the importance of sticking with your dream even when it goes from hard to impossible. Thanks for tuning in. Robin Hootmer, welcome to the More Jody podcast. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to have you on here. Mm-hmm. First of all, you're just rowdy. You're a rowdy girl who I love. <laughs> yes, so, I am. Yes. And so <laughs> I was thinking of people I wanted to have on my podcast. And then I was thinking recently about adoption. Not, I'm not ready to adopt, but I was thinking about <laughs> other people um, adopting. And I was list- I think I was looking at Rachel Hollis's adoption story and Dave Hollis, which is kind of a famous couple, but it okay, was just, okay. it was kind of the, similar to your story. And in that, like the tug of war of your heart, if that's a way to say it with mm-hmm. adoption, it's like, maybe we're going to yeah. get this kid. Oh, we don't get this kid. And, and it's all yeah. over the place. And so I yeah. wanted to interview someone who I just genuinely enjoy, um, who is kind of just a fun, like adventurous, hilarious girl. So that's why I wanted to have you on here to tell us your story. Now, nothing in life is perfect or easy. And yeah, fact. And what I love is that you are a person who doesn't choose easy. And actually I would say probably thrives. You make a tough Mm. situation beautiful. And so I think the deepest joy comes from doing hard things and going after a full life over an easy life. So that's kind Mm -hmm. of what drew me to your story. And Yeah, like I want you to tell my listeners sort of about your journey to adoption, if you would. I would love to. So pretty early in our marriage, uh, God called us to open our hearts to the idea of adoption. Uh, And (laughs) you just called me rowdy. My words are, I was a bit like a bull in a china shop. Oh, perfect. Uh, God said so. Uh, so without much additional time spent praying about it or asking for direction, we plowed ahead. Uh, five months later, we found out we were pregnant with our first child. So uh, stop number one. I, did, I wasn't aware. So you can't be pregnant and adopt a baby. Is that how it works? That's correct. Well, do you know, it depends on the country um, or on the agency. So there are um, places that you can do that. Uh, but... I mean, and I have heard stories of people who just don't tell people that that's going on. Right. And uh, I just really feel like, you know, to honor both of our children or either one of our children through adoption or pregnancy, like we don't want to start their life uh, with deception. So like, right. we just really wanted to be honest about it. Well, and, let's be um, serious. Like no one needs two of those babies at the same time. It's just <laughs> If you've had kids, you know, that's probably just not a yeah. good idea. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And you know, for good reason, like they do have, um, they want to honor each child and they're coming into their family. Right. And they don't want either one of them to be, 
clouded or shaded by the other one. Right. So that okay, is thanks. Fun. That makes sense. Oh, to no me. worries. Mm-hmm. Um, so when our daughter uh, was just about one, we again felt that God was asking us to enter the world of adoption. Uh, this time we took more time in asking the Lord for his direction. And uh, by her second birthday, we were on the wait list to adopt a child or a sibling group from Ethiopia. Um, Ethiopia was considered like tried and true. Uh, it was one of the things that drew us to it. Um, their like estimates it felt like were- kind of safe. Kind of like a yeah, shelter. exactly. Okay. Exactly. Like it, you know, the agency we went with had hundreds of adoptions for, you know, years past. Um, and so their estimates were like about a year and a half to two years, uh, from starting the paperwork, like, Hey, we want to do this. So like, right. let's get a home study started to the time that the child comes home, which is super fast. Like that is a, that is a fast process. Um, so we thought, great, like that, um, uh, we have a child, we'd like to add another one or, or two to our family. And that seemed like a good process to us. Uh, so we had really high hopes for that year coming. We were like, all right, we're already a year into this because it takes about a year to get a home study approved and um, put on the table. And uh, yeah, we were excited. We're like, all right, bring it on. Here comes wow. the next year. Um, so actually funny story about Bowling a China Strap. Uh, when we got <laughs> our home study approval the first time, um, I sent out a mass email <laughs> Like like every person in our contact list, including most of my husband's coworkers, with the headline, we are expecting. Oh, no. <laughs> Legit. And my poor husband, like, he is, like, super, like, private, keep to himself. Um, and he had to go to work and, like, field all these questions about, oh, like, we didn't know you were adopting. Or, like, people who didn't even read the email and we're like, oh, geez, like, congratulations on your pregnancy. And he, so he had to, like, explain that actually we're not pregnant. Like, we're just starting this process. So anyways, it was so awkward for him. Like, he's just not, uh, yeah, poor guy. Well, but we, I'm kind of, we kind of married similar people. I know right? we did. Right? <laughs> yes. Like, I'm like, my goal is, like, to be a public figure. And my husband's like, can we just stay home? Right? Yeah. Why, yeah. We can we close our windows? Yeah. yeah. So it's, like, so funny that you say that. And, and funny that, like... I can just see you because you're just exuberant. Like you're like, this is happening. I'm so excited. Yeah. And you, you move fast and you're decisive. So you're like, yeah, "Yeah, we're adopting a baby and it's happening. And I'm going to tell everybody. That's my favorite. Oh my goodness. My poor husband. Anyways. Super funny. Yeah. Yeah. But it did not really play out as we had envisioned. Um, In the months following, every time the phone was like, this is the one they're phoning me like this is it like we're gonna get the call and three years later we had no phone call um and my giddy hopeful self had to grow up a little bit um i was having years three years yeah um yeah and i mean we had updates like hey sorry this is probably going to take about six months longer than we expected or hey sorry like um this is where things are at right now just delays after delays with within the country and within our agency and um so yeah, like I just had to continue to give my plans and my dreams back to Jesus because it was his dream and um, we wanted to walk with this. Um, but I was like, God, like, is this actually where you want us to go? Like, how could this possibly take so long? Um, and uh, there was a verse from a Bible from the Bible that kind of came, um, became a special one to me. And it's for what, uh, for we know that suffering produces perseverance perseverance, character, and character, hope. 
And I mean, I started this process with so much hope. I was like, like I said, mass email, like guys were doing this and everyone around us was so excited for us. And, you know, come three years later, uh, you know, you feel a little shame faced, like what is going on? Like, is, is this really happening? Are we right. actually adopting? Is this, um, but uh, you know, God tells us that perseverance will produce character. And uh, what's the next sentence? And hope does not disappoint us. Yes. Right? Isn't that the next yes. sentence to that verse? I, I think so. Yeah, I'm not I sure, so. but that is in the Bible. <laughs> Somewhere in there. I think the thing too is that it's so interesting because a lot of times I, I feel like I actively now don't expect or want stuff to be easy. But then like today, I was like, why is everything so hard? Yeah. Like it's this such should a, not be hard. This should not be so hard. And so it's interesting to yeah. even think about what we forget a lot is that it's all about the journey, not the destination, like cliche Absolutely. sayings, right? I know, right? But but true. But, but true. And and so it's interesting. Read that verse again. Say that verse again. For we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance character, and character hope. And hope does not disappoint us. And it makes I me think about that's like literally like a verse for your journey because it is. It is like like um quick little like obviously people are I'm hoping going to assume right now that there has been an adoption that has taken place at the end of this really long journey but it is a <laughs> there is yeah spoiler alert it's a 14 year journey and but what's yeah. so interesting is is how it shapes you the whole time and that's like that's what's so cool so I'm going to stop interrupting yeah. you and let you No it's okay because it totally shaped me you know I I was not ready I thought I was and you know what I was ready for what God was bringing me but I didn't know what was coming <laughs> Yeah. So he needed, he needed that time to prepare me to be somebody who could wait on him. Um, you know, my, my character, uh, I had that hope in the beginning, but it, it was like a fizzling handle. Like it went out when I'm like, Oh, this is not happening. So clearly, um, this isn't where God wants me to go. Right. Uh, which actually that was not the case. Right. We did bring it back to him and he'd say, yeah, like, I do want you to continue with this journey. Right. I'm like, okay, like here goes. Like, but every, every time we brought that to him was harder and harder to be like, all right. All right. Like we're keeping, we're continuing on with this, but it was not, um, I, I wasn't so giddy anymore. I wasn't yeah. sending out emails anymore. Yeah. No. <laughs> no more birth announcements. No, 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 that wasn't <laughs> happening anymore. Um, so in that kind of three to four year period after we started, um, we had kind of made it to the top of our agency's wait list. Uh, and that's when we discovered that we were pregnant with our second child. So we told our immediate family and our close friends only, and we asked for prayer because as we had kind of talked about earlier, agencies don't, our, our particular agency, uh, did not allow families to adopt when they were pregnant. Um, we were so pleased that the Lord had blessed us with another child, but we were pretty confused um, and anxious. You know what? Because you, what you would it? have thought you were like on the cusp of getting a kid. At yeah, that time, we right? were. Like you're really we close. Were. Yeah. Uh, wow. In fact, we were two weeks close. So two weeks after we found out we were pregnant, we got the call that we've been waiting for. Oh my gosh! Like what a roller coaster. Legit. Um, and so I was only five weeks pregnant at that time. So we hadn't really told anybody. And so um, as far as telling our agency at that point, we thought, well, what if we what like if you miscarry? Or... Them? And I mean, you never yeah. want to think that, right? But that's, it's a legit concern. And so uh, we were just kind of keeping it quiet and like, God, like help us walk through this as we should. Um, and as we said earlier, we wanted to be honest. Yeah. Know, should that time come about? Uh, but we thought, geez, it's been three years already maybe it's another three years and our child will be three by the time that happens 
happens, right? Um, so at that time, we were matched with a four-year-old girl. Uh, she had a sweet, sweet smile and her shoes on the wrong feet. Aww. And in our hearts, she was instantly ours. Um, we named her Eden. And we asked everyone who was willing to pray that they would let us proceed with adopting her. Um, I actually remember praying for that. I do remember legit, praying for that. Yeah. Legit. Like yeah. Uh, that, was, that was one of those big emails. <laughs> it went from, hey, we're not telling anybody we're pregnant to, <laughs> guys, we need like some mega uh, intercession here. Like, please pray. Please talk to God about this. Anybody who's willing. Um, but uh, by the end of the week, Eden was referred to another family. And we were devastated. Because we thought, like, this couldn't have been um, accidental timing, you know? Like, like why this two-week period where we found out we have two babies coming, we can't have them both? And uh, just, just a real another time of asking the Lord, um, uh, you know, why? Um, you know, we want to trust you. We do trust you. Um, and yet just not understanding. Like, you know, God takes us through things that don't, always makes sense and this was until later until later right um so you know we mourned eden um i began to put walls around my heart um and in october 2012 i sat in church with my one-month-old daughter and i felt like god was asking us to open up our file for a third time when i told ryan on the way home uh he said to me i also thought that god was telling me this but i told him i don't know how i'm going to convince my wife uh-huh. Just a real telling of where my spirit was, right? Like I was um I was feeling pretty defeated still. Um and yet God was asking us to step out again. So who were we to tell him that we weren't yet done mourning um or that we were too scared to obey him? So by January, uh we were cautiously hopeful that 2013 would unite us with a child or children from Ethiopia. A year and a half later, my heart had checked out. I told my husband that I was done and I wanted out. My perseverance banks were empty, uh, but we plowed on with a fifth home study and another revision in January, 2015. And by June, 2015, so about six months later, um, seven years after we started the process, we received a phone call from our agency and they were shutting their doors. We were at the top of a wait list of more than 200 families who are never gonna be matched with a child from Ethiopia. Um, Ethiopia's adoption structure had changed so much that agencies were no longer able to meet the requirements. And our agency just felt that they'd held on for as long as they could. But it wasn't fair to families to keep giving them hope when there was really, there was no end in sight. Like they, they really had, um, you know, there's a lot of bitterness that comes with something like that. Um, but I really feel like they, they did the best that they could. Um, I think that they wanted to do right by their families and they just right. really, you know, they knew how long most of us had been waiting and didn't want to cut that out. They didn't want to um, cut the ties there, but nothing was happening anymore in Ethiopia. And so they just had to, they had to close their doors. Well, and honestly, the people who would run an organization like that would be so passionate, right? Yeah. About what they do. Yeah. So they would know the, the mental investment that you have. At this point now, you have two kids and mm -hmm. you're seven years into the journey. And it's interesting yeah. when you just said, I went into the fifth case study and and your heart is just like, you're, you just, you know, there's, it's like when, when you know there's a call, like some people listening are, I, I feel like are maybe not going to understand and some people are going to totally understand. But when you feel like there's mm -hmm. something you are made to do, that's the yeah. kind of purpose and passion that drives you even when you have no fuel. 
And so yeah. it's, it's interesting. Like when you say that, you know, like I walked into that, we went into that fifth home mm-hmm. study. So that means again, someone is mm-hmm. like assessing your family yeah. as to, can you yeah. adopt And interesting too, because mm-hmm. you have kids and a lot of people mm-hmm. it's that they don't have kids. And it's more mm-hmm. for you that there's like, you just know there are these certain kids somewhere out there that are supposed to be yours mm-hmm. in addition to yeah. your own birth children. So that's just so interesting. Exactly. And another yeah. just like, like a little tick as you go along on your perseverance Mm -hmm. chain, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's interesting. Well, and home studies are so hard and, um, and yet they have to be like, I, I do not feel for a moment that, um, that they should not have done the home studies that they did and they shouldn't have, you know, fifth time around, they're still checking that we're okay. And we're still, um, you know, the same people we were when we started, which we weren't, but (laughs) hopefully for the better, right? A little bit older. Hopefully we've grown for the better, but, um, but you know what, they have to do that. Like these are such precious children that, yeah. um, that need families and they can't just throw them in any home anywhere. Like they really have to be sure that families are ready for this. And it's hard. It's really hard for families to undergo, but how long, what, what ahead. is a case study in, or, oh my gosh, why do I keep doing that? What is a home no study? What does that mean? So um, it starts with, I mean, the original home study, there's, um, you know, they interview you individually um, and then they, and I mean, it's, it's thorough. I mean, they go everywhere from, um, you know, how you were parented, um, you know, things that uh, you dealt with as a young person. Um, They go into, uh, you know, what do you fight about as a couple? Um, and how do you deal with that? And um, what are you going to do, you know, when your child, this, this or this happens? Um, they interview your biological children or any children you have in the home. So if you've adopted already, they'll interview any children that you have. They need reference letters. They like, it's, it's just really thorough. And then also like, like document kind of stuff, right? So your, your finances, your, uh, your jobs, your, they want to see your house. You know, do you have space right. for a child? Are you... Yeah. So really so every that's kind of the gist of it. Dot Everything. every I cross every T. That's that's really Absolutely. vulnerable. You know, even, it is. It is. Yeah. Even to be like, this is what we fight about primarily. He's usually wrong, but um <laughs> I know, right? I know. Because you're like, okay, we gotta put up a good front, but like we also really wanna be honest. So like <laughs> you're like, so you like you sit there and be like, Yeah, this is what we fight about and you know, you look at your spouse and they're like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, that's funny. True story. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we, we mourned again. Uh, we had lost years. We'd lost a significant amount of money. We lost a dream. Um, and as the years progressed, we sought out other options, other countries, maybe domestic. Um, we looked into the States. We looked into under, like, other international countries, maybe try for another biological baby. Um, but what we discovered uh, was a lot of anger. Um, I discovered that what I'd lost most significantly was myself and my God. I didn't know who either of us were anymore. Who I, what I've been talking to for the last 10 years about this dream, if it wasn't God. Uh, who was I if I no longer knew who God was? I just remember sitting at the kitchen table weeping one evening and contemplating just walking away from everything that I had held true for so many years. And um, I just asked the Lord to hang on to me because I no longer had the, I didn't have the faith to hang on to him anymore. And um, you know, I just had this real sense that um, that he was the one true God, whoever he was. Um, and yet, 
that was a really scary thought to think I didn't know who he was right. um, because I had really, uh, I mean, I had this relationship that, you know, um, you know, we had built over many years that suddenly seemed to be falling apart because things that he had told me were not coming to pass. Um, and why would he do this to us, right? Why would he ask us again and again and again to walk into this so clearly and um, and then have us in this place where we were just kind of devastated so and lost. So confused, yeah. So confused, yeah. I really entered into a, a three-year period of anger and uncertainty. I missed God um, and the relationship that we had. And it felt like we were separated, like a broken marriage. Um, we weren't actively fighting and I wanted us back together, but I really didn't know what was necessary to mend our brokenness. So like uh, about January, 2018, I went to a conference um, and I was afraid to go. Uh, I felt like it might be kind of one last hurrah to see if anything could really change. Like, could I actually find God again? Did you find, like want you to were, find me? Were you like praying and you felt like he wasn't on the other side? Yeah. 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 Like and, and I just was, I just was so, um, you know, I, there were moments, you know, as I look back through those three years that God did try and speak to my heart, but I was just so jaded that I was right. like, okay, yeah, but is that really you? Like yeah. we, we've talked before and those, that, that sense of who you are, um, that I think you're talking to me right, right now doesn't make sense because, um, because we have talked before and then this fell through. So like, so what is it? Right. And he, he did, I mean, he was pursuing me the whole time. He wanted that relationship back, um, as much as I did. Uh, but I, yeah, I just didn't know how to go about it. Well, and it's like, who is God when we don't get our way? Right. Because right. I, and, and right. Is, is that, is that what it is? I know. And I know that I feel those same things. That sounds like super judgmental, but it's like, it's legit though. It is. And I think so often, yeah. like right now where I feel like I'm confused a little bit about my purpose. I'm like mm. so close. I can, I can kind of taste it. Mm. And so I just keep mm -hmm. stepping in and I'd keep asking him yeah. over and over, like, yeah. shut the door. You know, if it's not, if this is, yes. what I want, show me what it is and affirm, you know, in these situations. Yeah. And, and I love it that I'm not alone. I don't feel alone right now, yeah. but I've been in those kind of peaks and valleys that you talk of, but um, mm -hmm. but yeah, I think it, it, who is God when he doesn't give us what we want. And so often we don't know what we want and it looks yeah. so different and his best is always so much better than ours, but mm -hmm. we just have to like, keep showing up, keep holding yeah. on. And then it's yeah. after that obedience, it's just revealed to you. So I was just going to say in response to that, like, you know, I prayed in those early years, like over and over and over and over that this would happen when it would bring him the most glory. And I was like, God, if that means this doesn't happen for another two years, I wrote that one <laughs> through my journal <laughs> for another two years. God, that was uh, 2008 that I said, like, if it doesn't happen for another out. two years, like do it when it brings you the most glory. <laughs> and little did I know, right? He's like, what if it was 11 years later, right? But like anyway, 2018, 2019. But like, I think yeah. the thing yeah. too is, are you a patient person? I think I am now. I <laughs> I was not at all. I was not at all, Jody. Like, and that's that's the whole bull in the china shop thing. Like, I was like, okay, he's given me this dream. Like, I'm gonna fly with it. I'm yeah. doing it. Like right now. 
Like, let's make this happen. Like, why wait? What's what's the point? And no, like he had to be with me for like 14 years. And I do say uh, that's yeah. like one of my favorite things about you because even when I wanted to move to Vancouver Island and I felt like 90% of the people in my life thought it was ridiculous, you were like, go, yeah, just go. And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's like the somebody answer. supports this. Yeah, yeah. And you're in the you're in our family, right? So I was like, yeah, totally. and, and your whole family was like that you guys are just like adventurous and engaging and audacious and so it's like you guys have the tenacity to just go and so it's it it's such an asset and yet sometimes god's like okay i'm gonna i'm gonna we gotta work this we gotta work this and legit like we probably all said go because we're super jealous like we just all wish that we were hiking the mountains (laughs) when it was like you know green and sunny instead of snow like we love snow i love snow but I could use less of it. You that's, just have to come out sure. here. And I want to have your parents come yeah. out here too. So yeah. yeah. Legit, legit. Yeah. yeah. So, and you know what, like um, back to the conference, like we, um, like, I, I, like I said, it was kind of a last ditch effort. I felt like, but there's two sides to this, you know, like, um, you know, God was drawing me in and he wanted us. Um, I, I say us, uh, I don't think my husband was quite as deep as I was in, in the, you know, uncertainty with the Lord, but, um, but he had a lot of anger too. Um, but there's another side where Satan did not want us to have a relationship with God. He said, you know, you are much less effective, uh, in a really angry place. You are a much, uh, less kind person (laughs) when you're in an angry place, you know? And so, um, my husband was booked for knee surgery, like two to three weeks following the conference. Um, he had an injury like a year and a half before that, but could live with it, but it was something that needed doing. So um, the conference, you know, fell in line. That was perfect. He could go when the conference was finished. And um, the day we booked our flights, his knee locked up painfully and he had to have a rush surgery the week before the conference. So then we were in that place of going, do we still go like seven weeks post like major knee surgery? Um, but uh, full of pain meds and a will to go there. We boarded our plane to Manitoba in the middle of January. Oh, wow. the and it was no bitter cold. Go. Yeah. Oh man, we're like, why are we not going to Mexico? This yeah. is ridiculous. But, um, but, oh, Jody, it was, it was like a life changer. Um, you know, God at this conference, he showed me an image. I was in a corridor uh, behind a wall of glass on one side was our adoption. And behind a wall of glass on the other side was a book that I dream of writing someday. Um, And God showed me that these two things had become more important in my life than he was. And so in this image, I mentally pushed these big glass walls aside. And at the end of the corridor was God. And I ran to him and he held me and he wept because I'd finally put these dreams aside to find him again. I had loved those two dreams more than I loved the Lord. And, you know, God asks us to love him with all our heart. And, um, you know, for, for somebody who doesn't know the Lord, that seems probably like a really selfish thing for a deity to ask is to love them first and with all their heart. But he created us. And he created the world and, um, you know, he deserves everything that we can give him. And, uh, um, and so he does, he, sorry. Yeah, go ahead. I think too, like, I think what I want people to know is that when you do love God like that, like 
it becomes all you care about. Uh, right. But you can't explain yeah. that until someone has yeah. experienced it. And so it is, it's really yeah. hard to explain, but it's like loving God changes. Like when you just said about your mm. anger, how you're like, I wasn't as nice. And I think I, wasn't. About, I always, my favorite word yeah. is angsty. I can get really, yeah. it's not a real word. I'm trying to get uh, yeah. it like put in the dictionary. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I can it's get really, yeah. really angsty in my heart. And when I wake up and I can feel that. And when I go mm-hmm. and I like cast, I like write out like, this is what I'm upset about. This is what I need to leave with you. Like, God, here is all of this crap. And I just like mm-hmm. pile it in front of him in my mind. And I write it into a journal and, and yeah. he, he takes it. And the joy yeah. he gives makes me love him. And that makes me want to like mm-hmm. live my life loving him and loving yeah. others. And it changes you from the inside. But until you've experienced that, it doesn't make sense. And so I would just encourage people. I always say to people, I'm like, just start praying. Just be like, God, who are you? Are you real? Are you there? Like, God, yeah. what's going yeah. on? God, Can you help possibly me? yeah, be out there somewhere? Yeah. And yeah, so I totally. think that, but until people start to see that and feel that love, that love transforms mm. you. That's the mm. only way it to does. explain it. Yeah. Bingo. That, that was exactly it, Jody. Like, I didn't know if he loved me for three years. I said, would somebody love me do this? You know, put, ask me to do these things and then put me through this. And then, um, you know, at that conference, when God gave me this image, you know, he was like, his tears were joy. Um, you know, he was so uh, relieved that I had finally come back to him. He doesn't need me. <laughs> He doesn't need me to come back to him, but he wants me. And, um, you know, it, uh, it it just changed everything. When I finally could see the Lord does love me. That was the lie that I kept being uncertain of. I don't know who he is and how could he possibly love me? Well, Um, and do you think you were pursuing, you were pursuing those things, but you weren't pursuing him? absolutely right absolutely and and that that's what the the problem became is because you know I truly believe that God um, well I know there's no doubt in my mind that he planted this dream for us to adopt as a family but it became more important because I was the bull I was like let's just give her let's make it happen he's like whoa whoa like I still have to be first here like I was so excited about this plan for our life and uh I, I just started to leave him behind going, well, this is clearly not going how I think it should. So um, let's see if I can do my own things. Right. We're so logical. We're like, it's supposed to line up X, X, Y, Z. And your story just doesn't line up like a traditional adoption story. No, no. Yeah. Um, So, and you know, like the year, pardon me, the weeks following that conference were not easy. Um, You know, I, I trusted um, that he deserved my, uh, I almost would call it respect, but that seems so, so minor. I knew that it was the right thing um, to lay those things aside and say, this is what's come between us. This was the issue. Um, and yet I was, I was uncertain of his goodness. And, um, you know, I had to continue to lay that at his feet to realize how good he really was. Um, and you know, just like a week ago, no, sorry, a month ago, pardon me. Um, a friend introduced me to the song. Have you heard the goodness of God? Yeah. Do you know we listen song? to it like every night. My kids. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. And it was like, like for a month, like, uh, or a couple weeks there, I was just listening to it over and over. And suddenly one day I was just so struck by the fact that what I loved about it was how 
much we were praising his goodness, right? You are good. You are so good. Right. And I was like, I had two years ago, I was like, I don't know. I don't know if he's good. Like, I'm going to follow him. I'm going to choose this, but I still wasn't sure if he was good. And that had to evolve. Like it was, it was um, still a journey there. So um, two months after the conference, um, I was in a Bible study and God told me so clearly through a verse in Psalms that he wanted us to open our hearts to adoption again. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. But it was like, like, so I just can't even describe, like, there was just this like hit me in the chest moment where I was like, oh my gosh, he's actually doing this. He's doing this again. And, and I was like, God, uh, you got to talk to Brian because this cannot come from me. Right. Um, and, uh, first of all, because I mean, he, he was also out. He was like, this is it. We're not doing that anymore. There's, this is too much. And, um, and so I was like, God, if, if this is really what you want us to do, then you got to convince Ryan. Cause I got, I got no power there. That is not, uh, um, and legit a week later, God spoke to Ryan also, uh, much to my, I shouldn't say, I, I shouldn't say shock because I knew that God had called us to it. I didn't think it was going to be that quick. Um, and, uh, it was not an easy, yes. Like Once you submitted, uh, God started speeding up. <laughs> oh my gosh. Right. Seriously. But there was a lot of fear. I was like, okay, what if like, so we say yes to this. So we both knew God was saying, I want you to do this, but we were like, uh, are we actually going to say yes? Like, like that moment of like, are we going there again? Like we know God is, has asked us of this or asked this of us, pardon me. Um, but thus far, it has not played out how we anticipated. So, you know, are you sure, God? What if we dive into the paperwork and pay all the fees again and still have nothing to show for it at the end? Like, are you going to do that again? Do we just have to, like, be okay oh, I with didn't that? even know you had to pay fees. I didn't even think of that. Oh, my gosh, Jody! Like, oh like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars that we lost. Like, it was, yeah. But... But it is so be it, right? Like, like money. I, I mean, we can say that now, right? <laughs> I don't know if my husband could still say that. Legit, he might not be able to. He'd be like, "No, I'm still mad about that part." But anyways, I'm married um, to an accountant, so I'm like, "Why? Oh, how do you even? How do you even bridge that?" <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's so hard. But, um, but we said yes, and we said, "Okay, God, what are what are you going to do here?" Um, that same week, my sister-in-law found herself scrolling page after page and praying for children without families in Ukraine. Uh, she told her husband about it, and she didn't know why God had laid them on her heart, uh, but decided to phone me because she knew our history with adoption. She did not know that God had asked us to start again. I kid you not. I was like, oh, that's not for us. That, uh, yeah, God's probably calling her to adoption. Like, like where in my mind? Like, how clear is that? One week God calls me. Week two, God calls Ryan. And like days later, I get this phone call from my sister-in-law but I didn't put it together. I was, I was pretty blind, but that spring, a friend of a friend was bringing a sibling group, um, from Ukraine to Canada for a summer vacation. And so we're like, wow, maybe we could do this. Like, so these are like orphans. These These are are orphans. Yep. These are kids who have no families that, um, they live in like, it's called boarding schools, but it's an orphanage. Um, and yeah, they have no family. So, you know, summer comes and they still just spend their days at the school otherwise, or they go to what they call camps. But from what I can gather, they're not a lot of fun. Uh, not like camps, like we would understand camps to be. So, um, it's just another place to live. I think for the summer camp is called. So, um, 
And so as, as uh, this friend was friend of a friend was doing this, I was like, oh, wait a minute. Like my sister-in-law was praying about Ukrainian children. Maybe this is what it was about. To adopt. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe she should hold these kids. No, I didn't. But um, for real, like I was, uh, even so I'm like, you know what? Like, yeah, let's bring these kids up. Probably what, what God was telling her. <laughs> she tells me later, she, when you told me that you're going to bring these kids for a visit, I told my bestie, uh, I heard adoption, not visit, <laughs> but yeah. she didn't tell us that at the time. So anyways, our future daughters came to Canada for vacation. And by the end of the summer, we asked them to be part of our family forever. Um, so that was in 2018. And, you know, we had so many people asking us in the, like the weeks and months following or telling us, wow, the summer must have gone so well that you're like adopting them, like you're making this forever. And like, folks, like this was one of the hardest summers that I've had to date. Um, it was no fault of our precious girls. Like they are just gems. Um, but Satan worked overtime. Again, there's two, two sides to the battle, you know, like God wants healing and he wants these kids to be loved and, and, um, he wants to build our relationship and Satan's like, uh, uh, like that is a bad idea because, you know, if we bring these kids into a family, who's going to love them. Like, uh, they're unstoppable, I mean, then. They're unstoppable right? Yeah. Definitely. So, you know, the two weeks before we actually made the decision to ask them, um, you know, he wanted us to believe that the exhaustion that we felt, um, the spaces that had grown between my husband and I, that this would be the life that we were stepping into. And he didn't want us to think that this process would be good for our family. But God is bigger than Satan. And uh, a year ago, me and my daughters arrived back to Canada on Christmas Day. We flew into the Edmonton International Airport and, and drove home at 5 p.m. Christmas evening. Wow. That's 12 years from when you started your journey. Uh uh, I guess it depends how you count it, right? God first told us in 2005 when we were like, great, let's do it. Um, so that's actually like fifth, no, 14 years ago. When was um, your first we, birth announcement? What year was that? <laughs> that one, yes, that was in 2008. Okay. So, uh, yeah, that one was 14 years. Anyway, 2008 to 2019 is okay. how long it took for our girls to actually arrive on Canadian soil. Oh, that is just, so. that is like just the absolute, the absolute coolest and what were yeah. the toughest, like there were a lot of obstacles in there. Oh um, gosh, yeah. But what are the toughest obstacles you faced along the way with regards to adoption? So many to pick like, from. <laughs> you know what, hands down perseverance. Like I just didn't have it in me. I, as we talked earlier, right? I was not patient. I was like, this is great. I love this idea. God, let's do it like tomorrow or maybe yesterday. Like um, when we first started the adoption process in 2005, uh, there were some big, like, discouraging hurdles that I was repeatedly facing in my career. And my father-in-law said to me, hey, God is building perseverance for you in your adoption or for oh, your adoption. Thanks. Oh, my gosh. I was so irked at him. I was like, uh, why would I need to have perseverance for the adoption? Um, but the truth was I had also felt like God was telling me that. And um, I was not keen on the idea that our adoption could possibly require me to learn perseverance. I had no idea. Um, yeah, but God is good. Like he, he's brought us through and my goodness, he's made me into such a better person. <laughs> yeah. He loved me then as much as he loves me now. That didn't change. Yeah. But 
he has changed my character and uh, it's worth the journey. Now you're tenacious, driven, and patient. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> Until I face the next hurdle. We'll see, right? We'll see. <laughs> Were there mental or literal bridges you had to cross? Do you know, they always went hand in hand. Um, you know, we had expected a child two years into the process, but right. repeated physical hurdles stopped that from happening until our agency closed, you know, seven years later. But it's the emotional hurdles with the unmet expectations and right. losing hope that those were the hardest to step back into again and again. What about, yeah. what have you, what, what do you want the world to know about pushing through? Oh man. Just because you've told yourself that it's over doesn't mean you haven't got anything left. You might need to mourn, you might need a break, and you might even need some time away from your pursuit. But we have so much more grit inside us than we ever thought possible. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, What has life been like since bringing these girls home? So tell, tell us how old all of your kids are and what are all of their mm-hmm. names and mm-hmm. tell us about some of the joys and the, str- and the struggles or the sorrows you guys have experienced in mm-hmm. the last year. Mm-hmm. So our oldest is Fieta. Uh, she is 17. She's from Ukraine. And our second child um, is our firstborn and she is 13. Her name is Araya. Our third daughter is Ira. She is also 13 um, and she's from Ukraine. So actually Araya and Ira are probably, I think they're only like a month and a half apart in age. Um, And Sakura is eight and she is, um, oh, she's feisty. Uh, (laughs) And our youngest is Calder. So we have one boy, he's three years old and uh, he just adores his big sisters, all four of them. He just thinks they're they're the, the cat's meow. Sometimes, sometimes he shrieks at them because they're not the cat's meow, but anyways. Yeah. Um, so, so be it in sibling groups, right? Yeah. Um, but, you know, just, just so many emotions. You know, one of the, um, the toughest things, I would say, um, when you start an adoption process, uh, you know, the, the literature, um, you know, all, all your home studies, like everything recommends that you don't disrupt the birth order of your children so like the idea of adopting a child older than your current oldest is like totally uh don't go there um and so you know that summer when we had our girls here that was one of the things that we were like you know what like we we are going to love on these girls and we're going to bring them here but like you know everything tells us that they cannot become part of our family because the oldest is older than Araya. Um, and this was a hurdle for her as well. Um, you know, we, she was a huge part of um, the decision-making process with us uh, as much as we wanted to, you know, lay that on an 11 year old's shoulders. Right. Yeah. We didn't, <laughs> we, we didn't want to like put it like, Hey, this is up to you now. Right. But we really wanted her to be part of it. Right. And, um, you know, talk about perseverance. Like she has just, um, you know, gone from things like, uh, you know, but what if I'm not the first to get my driver's license? Well, what if I'm, um, you know, not the first to A, B, C, or D, right? Because yeah. she's the oldest. She's always done the firsts in our family up until a year ago. Um, and, uh, you know, she and Svieta are, I just can't even describe, like, they are like best friends. Um, they share a bedroom. They are, um, yeah, they, 
they happily share the role of being the oldest child. Like it's, um, it, it's just so neat. Like, like they love the things together that they do they you know they wrestle they play they um yeah they're just a fantastic couple girls um and you know we had actually worried um again in the summer when we we're considering it that our little sakura who was six at the time i think she was five actually anyways um that she would become the youngest and left out because there would be three older right. girls because you know our our era is also 13, you know, she is, right. um, you know, chronologically the same age as Araya, um, but Ira and Sakura are, they share a room also, and they are also inseparable. Like, it's just, you know, God has just sought to our concerns, you know, like, um, he, I, I, we couldn't have pieced it together in a better way, you know, and, and I'm not saying that it's perfect, right? It's hard. Um, it's hard to take, uh, you know, people that you don't know very well, um, but have every intention of loving the rest of your life and just throwing them in the mix. Right. Um, yeah. but then God gives you COVID and <laughs> not, not us. We didn't actually get COVID, but he gave us the, the pandemic. Honestly, like we were locked in our house a month or two is two months after the girls came home. So we were locked in our oh, house for like yeah. three months. Like it was so perfect for bonding our family. Like oh. extracurricular activities were done. Ryan was working from home. I was on maternity leave. Um, like everybody was just home. Like we didn't have anything but the seven of us to just bond and, and figure it out. And oh my goodness, it was hard some days. <laughs> but, you know, try to teach four kids school and two of them don't know English and yeah like it, it was it was really hard um but so good like God has just been so faithful to us I just um I can't get over like I'm sitting here in tears like just about the connection between those kids because I just it's crazy there are so many kids it, without homes and it just like kills me and to know that there are like two girls who now have a family to love them forever and just the way that yeah. the way that yeah, that's the easy stuff. You didn't get the easy stuff. Yeah. It wasn't for no. you. It was for the kids, right? Like it's, yeah. it's, yeah. and you know what? Let's, let's not kid ourselves either. Like, um, it's not been easy for any of them, you know, like, uh, our girls left everything they knew behind to, to join our family, which they had met us twice, right? We had them here in the summer, then again at Christmas in 2018. But they left friends, they left their culture, they left their language, um, they left family, like they left everything. Uh, and I'm just so grateful for the Ukrainian system that it's a choice. Like these kids get to choose. A That's lot really of cool. um, adoption systems don't. And I can understand that too, right? That, um, you know, like we said before, how do you put that on an 11 year old's shoulders? But, um, you know, they, they did get to choose whether they wanted to come or not. And um, yeah, and they chose us like that is, we just feel so honored that they would trust us with such a huge leap of faith um, to come join our family. You are like really cool people though. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks man. Yeah. You want to join our family? <laughs> I would totally let you adopt me. I would love it. Yeah. I would oh, love you it. to join our family. <laughs> 
You're probably looking. You're probably tell Ryan you got a word from the Lord and it's time for Jody yeah. to move in. Yeah, Jody, Jody's coming. Yeah, no, we're coming to you. Remember, we're coming. That's to right. That's uh, right. Victoria, no, Nanaimo. Where are Nanaimo. you? Nanaimo. I'm never <laughs> yeah. leaving this island for anything. So, oh my goodness, definitely gonna be yeah. here for the long haul. But no, I. Yeah. They did get like, because that's that's a gamble. There are kids who go to homes that things maybe slip past the home study and that's mm -hmm. can be really tragic. And so yeah. those girls also got like the two most fun, exciting, <laughs> adventurous parents ever. Right. <laughs> and loving and kind. And yeah, you guys are both, I can't say enough about you because obviously my listeners don't know you, but you guys are just salt to the earth. You guys are awesome. Um, what do you want to Thanks, tell lady. parents on the edge of adoption? Mm. Do you know what? If God has given you this dream, spend some time listening for his direction. Uh, keep your heart soft. You know, sit in the sadness if that's what it takes to keep your heart soft. Um, you know, so often, and I did this, <laughs> but we put up walls of anger to protect our sadness because it's just too hard to be soft anymore. But, um, you know, allow yourself to be sad. You know, life is sad sometimes. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. And if that means you're sad for months on end or for a year, like allow yourself to be sad in the moments that it comes. Um, don't wall it up with anger. Um, but the other thing is, as far as people who are considering adoption, there is no perfect time. Don't wait for your finances to be perfect. Don't wait for, um, you know, your, your house to be perfect. Don't wait for, you know, the perfect equilibrium in your marriage. Well, you know, like maybe we need to sort this out first. And to be fair, there's things maybe a, a couple needs to sort before they bring kids into their family. But, but legit, you're always going to have issues, right? Yeah. Um, but if you are determined to um, do right by each other and do right by your kids, uh, just step out there, get it started, see what happens. You know, take steps, um, stay yeah, soft. Take the steps. Yep. Yeah. Be um, brave. What would you want the world to know about your story from your story? Hmm. Do you know what? Sometimes God plants dreams in our hearts way before we're ready to see them through. And we think we're ready because he's given us the dream. We think it, that he's given us the green light, but um, sometimes he says, I want this, but I want it on my time. Yeah. Um, I want you to do this uh, when I think you're ready. And that hurts like, <laughs> to think that we're not ready, right? But, but I wouldn't have it in any other way. Um, you know, the refinement process is so painful, uh, but, but so worth it. You know, do we actually want to sit in the things that, that bring up ugliness? You know, do we actually want to continue um, to you know, be that bull in the china shop and never know that there is a better way uh, to go about, you know, speaking with the Lord and spending time with him and um, yeah, be, be willing to, to see that the change is good. The biggest thing that stands out for me in your story is submission. And oh for people goodness. that kind of, mm -hmm. that's kind of a, what's the definition of submission? Hold on. Like laying down your will. The action of accepting or yielding to a superior force or to the will or authority of another person. Mm -hmm. um, I think in that, my whole thing is you feel the dream and then you just slow down, right? Mm -hmm. And you stay curious about the dream 
and you stay um, transparent about, you know, what you're feeling, how things are happening, kind of expressing mm-hmm. yourself. And then you want to be steadfast. Those are like the three things I'm not. I'm always like, well, I'm super transparent. Like people don't even want to know what I feel like <laughs> half the time. But yeah. but I always say I want to show up as calm, transparent, and steadfast. You know, you felt that dream and you just went guns blazing, right? Yeah. But but I know Robin, you know, 15, 12, however many years it is, later <laughs> is now gonna be you're gonna, you're gonna, you know, feel something in your heart and you're gonna be like, okay. Let's just, you know, and in that mm-hmm. submission, like, Hey God, I have this thought. I had a dream mm-hmm. come into my heart. I don't know if it was a dream. Like it was definitely not a sleeping dream, but like at a conference right. when yeah. I was 17 yeah. years old and I was yeah. like, I am going to be a speaker to women's groups. And immediately when I thought it, it was like, mm-hmm. yeah, but not for a long time. Cause you've got to get some wisdom, like literally. Mm-hmm. And wow. I don't, I don't know if that's what this podcast is. I don't know mm-hmm. if that's what that is, but it's like, it's been in my heart for so long. And I'm like, Hey, mm-hmm. I'm almost 40 gotta have some wisdom now seriously god like i was 18 wasn't i ready then (laughs) i told my mom at 21 i think i know everything by now mom i'm 21 and as soon as i said it i was like oh i shouldn't have said that she's always been like really did you really mean that like yeah but (laughs) i i have that in my heart now but i'm trying so hard but to just like go slow and be like hey just Mm -hmm. taking little tiny steps and and what are the lines i just keep stepping forward i just want to say something about submission Um, you know, he is so worthy of our submission and he is so tender with our submission. You know, he is not an authoritarian. He is not, uh, you know, taking and just trying to bend our will to his, you know, he is tender with our hearts. And so our submission is not, um, it does feel like a sacrifice, but it is placed in such caring hands. And um, I just, because submission sometimes has such a negative connotation and uh, yeah, I just want to have this picture of like, you know, a father who's just, you know, holding your heart so tenderly. Totally. And I think one of the biggest things that has come up for me is seeking God before seeking the dream Mm. and the vision that you had of the two walls, the two glass Mm -hmm. walls and how it was like, Cause I want to write a book for teen girls and I'm so mm. passionate. I get, I get sitting down writing and I'm just like in there and it's like a hilarious, embarrassing memoir with a bunch of mm. like mm. wisdom and good advice for them. And all of a sudden it's pretty quick. It's pretty natural that pretty soon that's the pursuit versus like, good morning, Lord. Yeah. I want to give these girls good words. Give me the words. I want yeah. it to be your message, not just my yeah. message. Use me. But it's so quick that I'm like, what do I want to say? What do I want to do? And it's just Absolutely. human nature. And that's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things is that lesson for you in not losing sight of that relationship with him first. Mm-hmm. And then everything yeah. falls in place aside from that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. And Bingo. it's beautiful but it can be really annoying because I think about being a young girl, <laughs> right? And I think I was like 26 and I was so mad because I'd had these serious boyfriends and no one proposed to me and I had to keep dumping them because they couldn't figure it out. And then I was like, fine, I'm done. I don't want to date anybody. Yeah, I'm through. Anybody. Yeah. And then I met my husband and he asked me like two months after going on dates, two months of going on dates. He was like, so what are we? I was like, I don't really know. Like, I'm just not really interested in anything serious. And he was like, 
then I'm out of here because I don't waste my time. And I was like, what? Whoa. So like two days, right? Like two days later, I, I like wrote it. him a card and was like, can I be your girlfriend? <laughs> and he I proposed nine I months later. It. But it's just like yeah. those things, right? Where for so long, yeah. I was like waiting, waiting, waiting. And finally I gave up. You're like, I'm I through like, pursuing this. Okay, God, yep. I don't want any, I don't want any guy. I don't want any of these men. But it was like, finally, I got over what I thought mm-hmm. was best. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's just like, absolutely. It's the way it works. Yep. But I like, it's how all those annoying people are like, you know, if you stop looking for Mr. Right, you'll just find him. And they're like, <laughs> shut up. But it's shut so, up, but shut oh, up. Wait. <laughs> but it's so, it's so true. And so, no, I just thank you so much for sharing your story with us. And it's, mm-hmm. it's challenging. Yeah, it's challenging. Mm-hmm. It's re- so rewarding and so beautiful mm-hmm. and not easy, but the good stuff in life isn't easy. No, it's not. Right? Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's worth the pursuing. lie. Your pursuit, worth pursuing. And that's the lie that the world has. So thank you so mm-hmm. much for being my guest today, Robin. I love you. And yeah, good luck on your lifelong journey with all these children. <laughs> right on. Thanks, Jody. <laughs> Well, that was so much fun. Thanks so much for being here. Please click subscribe, rate and review this podcast, share it with everyone you know, and I will be back here next week with more stories, more courage, more vulnerability, and just a little more Jody to brighten your day.